everybody. It is Thursday. Welcome to the show. This is Back to the Window with Scott and Scott. I am your host, Scott Steen, lead handicapper at winnersandwiners.com. And I'm your co-host, Scott Rochelle, senior handicapper over winnersandwiners.com. And together we do this each and every single day, 3 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Central. Shout out to Tim Earl. What up, Timmy? Uh, we did... Uh, we did Total chaos last night together, Scott. Tim and I did, and uh, we'll see how all that comes out. Uh, Jacob Houston in the house. What's that? I'm assuming it was all baseball and hockey. All all baseball, baby. All baseball. No hockey? No hockey. First true baseball show of the year. So, Can I tell you how mine went uh, earlier in the week? How'd it go? So I ended up doing it with Sean Higgs, and we had the tiebreaker. With prices right rules. Yeah, that's right. On totals for the Spurs Pelicans game. He had 213. I had 217. Game landed 216. I believe I went over. So uh, that, that's a loss right there. Yeah, so I lost by the prices right rule by one point. So there you go. Uh, brutal, brutal. Uh, growing up, I wanted to, that was my life's goal. I wanted to play tuba in the prices right band. Just so I could play that part. Boom, boom, nice. boom, boom. By the way, to that or the one with the uh, the the yodel music when you have the hiker going up the mountain. yeah, 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 the, yeah. That's 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 a good one too. Uh, uh, today's torture song, by the way, I, I I cut Scott a break. Uh, played a little Slipknot for him, so I know he enjoyed that. Well, it was kind of a medley today. Well, yeah, we listened to, and then we listened to a little Bob Dylan, and we listened to finish it up. With uh, Paradise City by Guns N' Roses, uh, a song of which I made Scott laugh when I told him that I had my children convinced into their mid-teens that I actually played the whistle on the intro to that song. So, <laughs> oh man, kids are so gullible. They're fun though. I, I recommend I recommend having some, Scott. You should get started on that, buddy. I'll keep it in mind. Okay, fair enough. Uh, Jacob Houston, happy Thursday. Yeah, absolutely, let's catch some tickets, baby. King Me is in the house. Uh, best bet, Dodgers run line and the Angels run line, keeping it in Southern California. All righty then. Does it concern you that so many people are on the Cardinals today at plus 120? I think that's a terrible spot for the Brewers. Um, It's uh, it's Woodruff going again. Scott and Woodruff absolutely sucked the donkey dick his last start. So I was going to say concerning is a strong word because if you're going by the short sample size of 2022 – then the Cardinals should be like minus one thirty. Right, Wainwright was amazing his first start, and Wayne and uh, Woodruff was awful. Yep, but I do like the Cardinals in this spot. The issue is that Milwaukee's not a great offensive team. Woodruff, I expect to get under control at some point. I'm not sure if it's going to be this time around, but it's Wainwright. He's with Molina. You know he's going to pitch well. It's kind of just par for the course at this point. I do like the Cardinals, though. I think you're getting a decent price. Okay. Do you think the Brewers should be like minus 140? I don't. No, I would take, uh, I don't hate Cardinals over three and a half either. I feel like if you're going to take, if you like the Brewers or if you were making the lines yourself unbiasedly, Brewers minus 120. Yeah, I think that's closer. I think, I think 140 just seems ridiculous. Yeah, you're, so the value you're, from these Cardinals are. I, I think you got about 10% overlay there. So I'm on that. Yeah. Uh, Tim Earl says Tampa Bay, Oakland uh, over. Ocho. Already uh, got there, so that's a nice win. Very good, very good. Um, oh, that's right, because that's the... Uh, yeah, we talked about that. Oakland, once again, jumping all over Tampa Bay. So what is it, Scott? Is Oakland good or Tampa Bay suck? Uh, Oakland's four and three now. That uh, winning streak of, uh, what was it, five and a half? 
it's in jeopardy right now. They're, told- about, they're about to win what? Two in a row? Three in a row? Yeah, they're almost halfway home. I mean, Gu- it doesn't mean anything. Guns the and Rockies Ro- are four. And, the Rockies are four and one. Uh, I like the over for the Rockies win total when we did our breakdowns, but they're not uh, good. You know, you get off to decent starts, it happens. Where the, where, the, where the fuck did you get off on the Rockies? Because the point is that it's still early season. So Oakland's better than people thought. The Rockies are better than people thought. Does it matter? Not really. Like long term over a 162 sample size, I'm sure Oakland and Colorado will still suck. Okay. So All right. don't 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 overreact a week into the season on what teams look decent. Got a long way to go. Very good. Tim Earl says Guns N' Roses are fire. You asked me if I like Guns N' Roses as I was playing that song. I said I like Appetite for Destruction, and that's about it. I didn't I didn't have much uh, use for... Uh, uh, did you like Chinese democracy? I don't think anybody likes Chinese democracy. <laughs> I remember I was with a buddy of mine, and he was like the world's biggest Guns N' Roses fan, and he like had it the day it came out. We listened to it, and I went, dude, I don't want to tell you this, but this is not very good. <laughs> yeah, it's, it, was, it was a meh. I mean, it's not anything special so jacob you're saying that woodruff under 17 and a half outs is plus 140 120 well then he said 140 after that the under 140 the under 140 i mean that's i don't know what book you have but i feel like that's a play you got to make on principle right yeah yeah i mean i I know woodruff can go length but it's still the early portion of the season right and these guys were a short spring yeah he went less than four his first time out I mean, we're going to mention what happened with Kershaw later on in the show, but we've seen a lot of short leashes for pitchers. Yeah. 140, yeah, I, I got to be tempted by that. Yeah, especially with the... lose, but 140 is a ridiculous price. Yeah, especially with the fact that he, you know, sucked his first outing. So, I mean... He's you, a 17 ERA. You've got, so... you've, got, you've got that to go on. So, uh, yeah, and, and again, Woodruff was a guy that gave you a lot of length consistently last year. I actually saw Woodruff pitch last year. Uh, he's very good. Royals, I think, beat him three to three to two, but he was he was outstanding. I was I was impressed. Uh, was he's that looking the Bubich at... game you went to when Bubich was nails. Yes, yes, that was exactly that what was it was. Three two or one nothing. Uh, dude, it might have even been one nothing. I thought it was one nothing. You're, I think you're right. I think you're right. Now that now that I think about it, yep. Uh, it's at MGM one forty. Yes, sign up. I'm I'm on that. I mean, even if it loses, the value's there. Yes, you've you've made the right play. You can sleep well even with a lighter bank account. Mm-hmm. James Mounts in the house. What's up, buddy? Um, all right, quick reminder, guys, don't forget to like and subscribe. We sure appreciate it. And um, I didn't I didn't write anything clever today if you don't if you don't subscribe. So just uh, make sure that you subscribe to both of our YouTube channels. That's the uh, that's the, the main takeaway here, our Winners and Winers YouTube channel, as well as our uh, I won't even say new endeavor anymore, our ongoing endeavor over there at Max Wagers Network. Having a great time. I think everybody has melded very well from the uh, the picks and parlays crew. And I know I have a good time on their show. They seem to have a good time when they're with us. So, yeah, there you go. Um, and, of course, we've got um, a couple of promos cooked up, as we often do. Uh, the first one that we're doing is with the good folks over there at DraftKings. And this is a uh, kind of a handy thing for baseball. You make any $5 money line bet on a baseball game, you get $200 in bet credit. And it is, uh, you must be located in one of the states. See, I got to get the tough read because I got all the states. Arizona, Colorado, Connecticut, Iowa, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, Wyoming, or West Virginia. You must be 21 or older, 18 in New Hampshire and Wyoming. Did you just write that in there? No. Okay. It's been there the whole time? Yeah. Wow. Uh, we also looked up, uh, what is the other one? Rhode Island and Washington. 
but DraftKings isn't there. But those are the other 18 states. So if you're a college student, you're looking for if you're you know so high school, high school. if you're a high school senior, yeah, you're looking to make haven't made that college decision yet. You at least got a couple more options for your safety school. Um, like I said, it's for first time DraftKings Sportsbook customers only. Must register using the promo code. Make the deposit of five dollars or more. That's right, five dollars or more. Big spenders, come on, throw that uh, throw that Lincoln in there, and uh, you got to make the money line bet between four eleven and the first of May. If your bet wins, you'll receive the two hundred dollars in free bets. In addition to any cash winnings from your original wager, once it's settled, use the promo code WAW Video. That's Winners and Winers Video, and of course the link is in the show description. Scott, you got to. Anything happened at Caesars you want to tell the folks about? Well, funny you should ask, because Caesars is also having a promotion. And if you like to potentially bet with a little bit of an insurance policy, they got something for you, because they have an $1,100 first bet insurance play, which means if you end up placing your first-time wager of up to $1,100 and you lose, you get it back in the form of a free bet. So you get to basically get a second chance of either making profit or getting your money back. That's cool. That's that's that's, that's very good. And uh, promo code is ATS Win S C Z R, and it's going to be also in the description down below. All right, very good. See that one always throws me to the the ATS Win C Z R. So, all right, bud. C Z R. We got a lot to get to, so let's do it. Let's talk about. Do we have a lot to get to? Well, we have a lot of like we have a lot of features. We have a lot of like segments. That's what I'm saying. Pretty light card. Right, right, right. But I mean, you know, I I know what you're trying to say. I'm just busting your chops. Okay, (laughs) that's fine. I just that was just a weird place. I wasn't I wasn't looking for the interjection there. Like, well, we got a lot. No, you're a fucking liar. We got nothing. We got nothing on the show today. We're gonna to spend another thirty minutes talking about hot dogs. Don't lie, fat boy. All right, hey, I don't need to hear from you. All right, here we go, Scott. Um, so yeah, it is. It is pretty much. It's it's a baseball hockey card. Let's not lie. But we do have a couple of segments. And I really want to talk about both of them. Sometimes we have segments and we don't get to them. But this time I definitely want to get to them. Let's start off and find out what happened yesterday. The good news, the bad news, the winners, the whiners, the people that took it in the shorts, and the people that took it in to the bank. Let's find out who you are in today's edition of Call the Cops. All right, very good. If you had the Hawks and the Hornets on the under 234 and a half, you know, you probably thought you were good when you were hitting when you were sitting at 4 minutes and it had barely climbed into the 200s. You're at 205 with 4 minutes left, Scott. Do you think you're good there? Uh, you usually are, unless it's the NCAA tournament. Right, right. And uh, it wasn't, it wasn't, I mean, it was sort of a close game, but it wasn't like NBA close where you really thought it was going to be a lot of scramble. Guess what? Well, you're wrong because they scored 30 points in the last four minutes. A game landed 235. Yikes. Would have been a worse beat because most numbers were available at 235 and a half. But you had the very nice block there with Lamelo trying to hit a layup down 29 points at the buzzer. So, what did you, when, what did you, you what did you text me when that happened, Scott? Uh, I, I bet you how much money do you think LaMelo had on the over? <laughs> exactly right. But either way, uh, going to baseball, if you had the Orioles plus one and a half on the reverse run line against the Brewers, it was a tie game entering the ninth inning. The Brewers scored two runs in the top of the ninth. 
including a two-out RBI double. So it was 3-2. to two. He had a shot there, but they gave up another run, and the Orioles went quietly in the ninth, lost 4-2. to two. <laughs> Orioles, Jesus, that's... Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if that's the worst one of the year yet in baseball. That's it's certainly not good, uh, not good at all. Hey, if you had the Cubs Pirates over eight and a half, well, as you suspected, there was some shitty pitching and it happened early. Eight runs in the first four innings. You got that beer, you pop the tab, you're just going to sit back, you're just going to wait for that last run to come. I think you need to say that again. How many runs they have? At eight, eight, and a half? eight, Scott. We need one run in the next five. That's it. Okay. One run run in the next five. And it wasn't tied four to four, by the way. So. Uh, you didn't get it. That's the that's why you're on this segment. You didn't get that run in the last five innings. You sat in that eight, much like the four that I had in the Padres game, Scott. I took a little shot at the over uh, six and a half and uh, did not get there. So scored no more runs from the time I made that bet. Very similar to that. Either way, call the cops. Yeah, not a fun time. I see pen, uh, people mentioning in the comment section about the Astros. How they ended up leading in the 10th inning and gave up two runs there. Yeah, I mean, the McCormick drop was pretty brutal. But it's extra innings. You score one run in the top of the 10th. Yeah, you know, it's like a bunch of random shenanigans always happens in extra innings. All right. And let's, you know, that's not going to lie. Just for the sake of brevity, we keep it at three. Sometimes there's five or six. In yeah, pretty ed- much. Editorial decisions must be made. So, sorry. If, you're, if your cops didn't make it, we apologize. Oh. This is where I talk. Okay, cool. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I was waiting for you to segue into... I, I wasn't expecting a point of interjection there. So. Uh, it's only like our 300th show, so I'm still, I'm still yeah. kind of getting the hang of it. All right, here yeah, we I'm go. working out the kinks. He's still working out the kinks. So there was some good news. There was the people out there that had those easy winners, and uh, yeah, you know the drill, because uh, you were sitting in the rocket chair. So the first one, if you had the Guardians, team total over four and a half against the Reds, hitting the ball pretty well lately. Uh, they scored five runs in the first four innings, and they finished with seven. Very good. Guardians of the Galaxy, by the way, is my favorite Marvel movie. It's just one or two. Uh, one. I also, I, I would say two is probably my second favorite. It's a good soundtrack. Uh, oh, it's, yeah, that that uh, the eighty stuff. Yeah, it's killer. Yeah, but good stuff. You know, my kids look at me because my son's like really into Marvel. And like mm-hmm. goes all the premieres and you know the whole thing. And I told him that's my favorite Marvel movie. He just fucking shakes his head like, yeah, okay, whatever. Uh, I love. I'm. I'm not gonna lie. I love the talking raccoon. That's just. It really does it for me. Scott, you had the Red Sox Tigers over seven and a half. Well, that one was pretty, 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 pretty easy. You know how you. You know how you don't get beat in the last five innings, Scott. You just fucking do it in the first four. They put up eight runs in the first four, but because it was seven and a half instead of eight and a half, see, there's a difference. You win. Congratulations. Uh, game ended 9-7, so you'd have won anyway. Uh, congratulations to Red Sox-Tigers. Overholders, you cashed that ticket early. And the last one was actually my play of the day. If you had the Spurs and the Pelicans under 226.5, you had two quarters with less than 50 points. So you were in pretty good shape, and the game landed 216. Never doubt. Never doubt. Man, um... Well, we'll talk about that because just just a couple of no-shows last night. Um, Yeah, we got to talk about this too because this happened right after we got off the air, right? I believe so. Yeah, it was was really close. And, uh, of course, gambling Twitter and baseball Twitter are all... I think it happened during, actually. During the show, was it? Yeah. Did we talk Mm -hmm. about it? 
I believe so. Yeah, I okay. mentioned it briefly, and then they yeah. I couldn't remember we talked about it on the show or we were talking about it. We were talking after the show. Anyway, uh, you guys might suspect who this is. It is the uh, it and it could be some blame to go around. We're gonna find out. Let's uh let's first we have to make the award. Let's find out who's wearing the golden feed bag today. It is the Thursday version of Donkey of the day. <laughs> I really hope you guys were listening to us early when we first started doing this. We were just doing it on radio because for the first, I don't know, three months, every time they'd play that, we'd just laugh our ass off. Mm-hmm. Um, we're like juvenile children. so I still do. I chuckle. It's, it's hard not to. It really is. <clears throat> so, Scott, Clayton Kershaw yesterday, um, just like we predicted, he was all the way back, great pitcher, Hall of Famer, uh, having his best season ever. No, I said I thought he would, <laughs> I thought he would not be good. I thought he'd be fine. Uh, I'm, still, I'm still expecting him to get injured at some point. I thought I, I thought he'd get injured, and I thought he'd have an ERA somewhere in the uh, three seven to four range and be just a slightly above average pitcher. But that was not the case yesterday against the Twins, as he was perfect for the first seven innings through just 80 pitches. Scott, he's cruising. So of course we send him back out there. That's early in the season, so maybe you only let him get a hit or put a guy on base, whatever. Nope. We're going to put it in the hands of the Dodgers' bullpen. It's a nice, easy lead. Dodgers were up, I think, 6 nothing at that point. They added one late. Uh, either way, they had it well in hand. So you don't let Clayton Kershaw go after his perfecto. Scott, agree or disagree? Well, Kershaw postgame basically said he had one simulated start of 75 pitches, and that was what his ceiling was supposed to be, give or take, whatever. I don't give a damn. You're going for a perfect game. There has not been many of those. And as memorabilia is talking about, people remember Koufax's perfect game. Maybe not the rings as much from the 50s and 60s Dodgers because perfect games are insane. I think you got to let him try it. Worst case scenario, you bring him back out for the eight, for the eighth and you just see how he does. You monitor, you monitor him carefully. You mentioned the one base runner idea. That's fine too. At least let him try I feel like Kershaw at this point is such a veteran pitcher. And to be honest, he might be the best pitcher of this generation. I know the playoff numbers don't back the the second part up, but regular season, he's what the Peyton Manning of pitching. Yeah. I would say that he, he would century? for the, well, I'd say the, for the, the aughts. Yeah. Or the, uh, I'm the tens rather. Sorry. I'm saying, yeah, 20, I say 21st century is probably the best pitcher in the regular season. Yeah, I think I think you could probably find a lot of statistics to back that up. I would yeah, guess he's got he's close a, to the most wins, and yeah. He's a first ballot Hall of Famer. Yep. You know, he's, he's earned the right. He'll get his jersey retired by the Dodgers when he retires. Let him decide. Can, can you let you, him choose if he wants to potentially go out do there? Do you know that he game? didn't decide? Do I know if he didn't? Do, like, you, do you know for a fact that he did not decide? I feel like Roberts probably gave him a pointed question and said, you know, we're going to sit you. You okay with that? And I'm sure Kershaw, being a good team player, said, you know, do what you got to do. And Roberts pulled him. That would be my guess okay. of what happened. My my And my guess shades the other way. My guess is Kershaw said, You think skip. Kershaw was the one who decided I'm done? said, skip, I'm done. Yep. because And I think it's exactly because of the shortened spring training. I mean, you having guys pulled – Early in the season, uh, when they're in the middle of a no-hitter, is not unusual. So 
the only fact that the only thing that that gives it a little extra color is the fact that it was a perfect game. But I just think it was a pointed question. Kershaw should have probably done a better job of pleading his case. I think Roberts would have kept him in if Kershaw had a Scherzer moment and was about to throw a massive fit if they were going to actually pull him. But Kershaw, pretty reserved guy emotionally. Occasionally he'll, you know, have an angry moment, but every pitcher does at some point. But I feel like Robert should have read the room a little bit better and at least let him come out, take it a batter at a time. Just see what happens. You know, see if he can get through the eighth inning in 10 pitches. Okay. Well, if Robert's made the decision, I think he is a complete 100% wanker because that's uh, a, a possibility for just a, a, a moment, you know, immortality almost. You're... I think it was mutual. I don't think that he acted alone. I think Kershaw might have been leaning him to a direction. But either way, you got to at least try. Like, you're standing in the way of history. You got to try something. Jacob Houston said Nolan Ryan threw up in his mouth a little yesterday. Yeah, I was reading yeah. some... Somebody tweeted either 70 sports takes, which is a great follow. Um, but I think he said Nolan Ryan threw 235 pitches in a start and then made, made his next made his next start on three days rest and then pitched 19 more years. Mm-hmm. So, I, you know, to me, that's kind of the elephant in the room that we just haven't talked about over the last five years is why pitchers just can't go the distance anymore. You know, they just that you you see complete games, and you know, you and I use baseball reference a lot, and you see some of the old timer guys or some of the guys that even earlier in their careers had you know seven, nine, ten complete games, and you just don't that is unheard of. And now you well, have, we've mentioned we've mentioned this in the past uh, where I feel like I can't make the same case with Nolan Ryan because he had the velocity that a lot of guys didn't have. I feel like at this point, with the amount of speed or velocity, I should say, that these pitchers are throwing out with the spin rates and everything like that, because of how much sheer force you're generating, you're kind of pushing the limits of the human body, right? I think that's the case. I think I think that's the I think that's the case you have to make. And even though these guys are in better shape, they certainly work out harder. But you're you're right. There's there's a certain I mean, you know, a human being can't run a forty yard dash in a second and a half. You know, there's a there's a there's a there's a ceiling. And it's the same with throwing a baseball. Uh, seems to be somewhere about 104 or 105, maybe if you believe some shit, but that's it. So the strain that it t- puts on the arm, the shoulder, the elbow, the wrist, all that shit. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's something that you know you've only got so many in you. So yeah, I think that's probably. I, I just feel good. like at some point you can make the case. Well, Jordan Hicks, I remember when he got called up for the Cardinals. He's throwing 106, like with some movement on there, and what do you know? His arm blew out. Like, it's a situation where you can train all you want. The human body is only capable of doing so much. Right. So at some point, you're going to keep pushing the boundaries. I do believe eventually they're just going to reach a point where the body can't handle it. Yep. Uh, Lady Nelly says analytics is changing everything, and that's why some of these pitching stats will never be touched because of the way they're uh, rotating pitchers. Uh, Yeah, arm strength as well. Yeah, that's absolutely right. You're going to see, obviously, complete games, wins, uh, I don't know that anybody will ever win thirty again. Um, win records because you got, you're getting them. You're getting them you out. A season? What's that? You mean in a season for wins? At some point, we're not even going to see. Like you said, thirty. I think twenty five is almost unachievable at this point. You're gonna. Well, you'll have the weird season because they're making thirty three starts roughly. So but it's also about innings. I mean, some of these starters don't even go five innings anymore. Correct. 
Correct. And if they do, if you just go five, obviously you open up a, a potential for more lead changes and uh, more variance as far as what the game's doing. Let's face it, if you're a starter going seven or eight, you probably had a pretty good handle on who was going to win the game. And a lot of times you were in charge of it. I think the Royals, I think the Royals put the final nail in the coffin of that with their with their bullpen that they had back in their run in, in 14 and 15, where they just really needed their starters uh, to go six. To go five. Uh, five six. Well, yeah, I mean, uh, six ideally, but even five you could you could work. You had, you had a rotation of fifth inning guys, but you had the seventh, eighth, and ninth guys. The seventh, eighth, ninth inning, you had that role with uh, Herrera and Holland and Davis. Boom. Um and it was a, uh, I think a lot of people took notice of that and said, no, well, shit, there's no reason to push our starters. So, uh, and it, it's certainly a trend that, that started well before that. I was going to say, I'm fine with that philosophy in the playoffs. But in the regular season, when you're eating up innings and you don't have many off days and you're trying to keep your bullpen rested, you kind of need your starters to go at least six in some spots. Uh, yeah, that's true. And I mean, it wasn't something. But it was just what it did was if there was a if there was a you could you could put a weaker starter in there if you knew you, you had a, you had a shortened bridge. Uh, I disagree that these guys are not average individuals. Oh, they're gifted athletes. They get paid a lot of money. I'm not saying they're not gifted athletes. I'm just saying when you're talking about what the human body itself is capable of, eventually even peak genetics is going to reach a point where you just can't go any harder or any faster. And I feel like if you keep putting so much torque. And so much strength in your training all the time. Yep. Your body is just going to wear down. That's, I think that's the, I mean, that's the only excuse. I mean, cause you can't say, you can't say these guys are softer. You just, I mean, you just can't because as far as any metric you can measure, uh, they're to, softer or just the medical information was, is just so, was so outdated back then that people just didn't know any better. Four out of five right-handers recommend Paul Malls. That's the cigarette of winners, you know. So. Well, I don't know if you, I've been watching this uh, documentary that uh, what that people on YouTube were doing Nerd. about Dave Dave Steeb. You remember Dave Steeb? Of course, with the Blue Jays and the A's. Correct. Yeah, they were talking about how he had a couple of starts with like a bone spur in his arm, and he was pitching for like two months after the bone spur. Yeah, like in today's league. You'd be on the shelf for like four months. Yeah, you're getting an MRI. You're getting an MRI. They're they're doing. Point is, people didn't know any better. It's like, oh, you got a bone spur. Eh, it hurts well, a little. Well, bit. part it of that sucks for you. Part of that is is everything was major surgery. There was no there was no laparoscopic surgery. Yeah. So you you know you used that to open up the whole fucking thing, and anytime you open up the body, obviously you're gonna put trauma on it, and it's mm -hmm. a longer recovery time, all that. So when you can do it laparoscopically, have shorter recovery times, less invasion of the body. Uh, there's so many things, so many techniques that are better today. Somebody's talking about Tommy John, how it's almost de rigueur for uh, today's pitcher. That that's not even unusual anymore. Um, I'd love to know what percentage of pitchers have had Tommy John surgery. Fifteen, uh, twenty percent at any point in their no, in the majors lives. that they've had it. No, major league pitchers that have had it at some point. Okay, twenty twenty five percent maybe. I was gonna say thirty. Like I Could feel be. like it used to be probably in the. It was probably in the single digits. Oh, of course. Know, like 20, yeah. Ten, fifteen years ago. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, James Mouth. That was and that was the philosophy of baseball for the first hundred and fifty years. Was, yeah, rub a little dirt on it. You're fine. Fucking go out there and play. And I think a lot of these guys had shortened careers because of it. You know. And then you, and then you had just freaks of nature like Nolan Ryan. In Nolan Ryan. Scott, I know you live in the city. You're a city boy, but uh, out here in the flyover country, we got something called country strong, where you're you're not a fucking gym rat, 
You're not lifting weights. Uh, you're out there fucking tossing bales of hay. You're just doing shit. You're active. You're fucking working out. You're just you're just fucking country strong. And that's what Nolan He's Ryan country, was. Yeah, country strong. Yeah. Yep. Exactly right. Same thing with Bo Jackson. Uh, yeah, yeah. Bo Jackson like used to brag about never never working out. He wouldn't work out. He would just hunt. And it's just like, what what the hell are you talking about? It's like, yeah, you know, I just I can just run a four two. Just nobody knows why. You know, my dad got to take Bo Jackson fishing. I ever tell you that. He, uh, they had a, mutual, a story for everything, but no. then a mutual friend of a, a guy that my dad worked with was big into baseball cards and he knew Bo Jackson from signing and Bo, of course, loved to hunt and fish and here in Kansas City, he didn't fucking know anybody. So my dad, a uh, very prodigious fisherman, we talked about that before, I uh, hooked him up. My dad took him out and caught him a shitload of crappie. Had a great nice. time. So yeah, it was cool. Um, people don't learn is every athlete is going to do is not meant to be uh, doing that. So give a break. No, I, I'm a hundred percent on board with that J.R. Black. I'm not. I'm not criticizing athletes of any generation because obviously we talk about athletes for a living. Some of us may have had athletic careers as children, but these guys doing it at this level and it's if you don't appreciate it, uh, I can't help you. Yeah, I'm not criticizing it's, it's the amazing. athletes. I'm criticizing no. the actual training philosophy, which is resulting in so many injuries because you're really just pushing the body to go as fast as possible or as, you know, as yeah. strong as possible without worried about the potential drawbacks of that. At least that's my takeaway. Somebody was talking, somebody was talking earlier about windups and how it seems a lot. It was a lot more loose and carefree back I in the day. The torque. I mean, the amount of immediate pressure you have when yep. you place that step, when you turn is crazy. Yep. Absolutely. Right. Ricky Anderson never lifted weights. I believe that. Um, yeah, absolutely. Other than the early part of his career, he was a little bit muscular when he joined the Yankees. A little bit at the end of the career. Uh, James James Mount says, or James S says, these guys are sk skipping games over stomach issues. Come on. Uh, again, dude, I'm not. Uh, I'm I'm not. That, that's more basketball, but yeah, I'm not criticizing anybody for for whatever health reason they claim. If they're faking it, okay. But in you know, sometimes. Does it seem like these guys, you know, were tougher back in the day, quote unquote, perhaps? But then again, how shortened were their careers over things they didn't deal with, or how many games did they end up missing? Maybe they missed forty games over something they could have got taken care of today and missed ten games. You know, I mean, I'm also not sure if the players were softer or just they didn't have enough media coverage back then, so you didn't really know when anybody was skipping games for weak reasons. Right, right. Or now on Twitter, you have access to everything even the athletes directly so you can criticize them personally, where back in the 80s, if somebody was injured, you didn't find out about it until either the game or the following paper. Yeah, yeah, absolutely right. So, um, 1777 saying the uh, the hitters are better now, it's, just, it's the stress. Yeah, and that's, a, and that's a real measurable thing that if you follow, if you follow uh, Saber analytics stuff, uh, they, they talk um, about high leverage and low leverage. So I actually used that in a non-baseball context yesterday. My wife had a, a rough day at work. I said, no, sorry, you had a bad day, a long day. She goes, well, I had to work six hours. I go, yeah, but it was high leverage. So, yeah, I got to explain that. So, you know what? We got something else to talk about here, Scott. And this, uh, we have to address this as well. Um, we, don't, we don't usually do two, but again, these both deserve to be mentioned. So we're going to take a break on uh, solving the pitching problem right now and find out who didn't piss us off yesterday. But, uh, my God, how disappointing. How disappointing could they be? All right, Scott, we could have also nominated this team for the Not Exactly Fast Learners Award. What do you got? So, it's going to be the play-in game in the Eastern Conference with the Hornets in particular. 
as they took on the Hawks yesterday. And we know that the Hornets got killed. However, that is not a new story because the Hornets were in the play-in game last year and they got killed again. So to go through the actual numbers here, it is the second straight season that the Hornets lost a play-in game by more than 26 points. They lost by 27 to Indiana last year. They lost by 29 yesterday. To make matters worse, the Hornets had a poster put up of the ESPN score from that Pacers play-in game. And instead of losing by 27, they lost by 29. So you might need a new motivational poster. Oof, God. Just saying. Not good. Not good. Not good. Not good, Bob. All right. Very good. I, like, I liked Atlanta yesterday, but I didn't like him that much. You know, yep. I thought they'd win by seven or something, but 29. Like, Charlotte, after last year, you got to show up. I went to I went and I went I went total contrarian because you look at it and Atlanta kind of jumped off the page and then you're like wait a minute uh, and again you try to anytime you see something like that I always try to take the other side and give myself reasons not to take it and I actually I found enough of them that I actually ended up taking Charlotte so so much for the contrarian play of uh, jumping on the dogs bad day for the dogs I mean, yesterday. it wasn't your fault that nobody on Charlotte could shoot Lonzo was uh, not Lonzo sorry Lamelo was awful. Rozier was bad. Nobody really did anything. No. Like the, team, the entire team just no-showed. And they also couldn't guard anybody, which we already knew. Yep. Not good. Not good at all. All right, my friend. Um, what do we got going here? <laughs> Dan says cringe. I don't, I don't even know what that's about. It could be. I it, am going to ask, though, do you think that's a coaching issue? Like, how many times... I, actually, I think Borregos is a decent coach. Yeah. I do think the roster is flawed. Plus, you're also missing Gordon Hayward, who you're paying 30-plus million dollars and he's injured all the time. Right. But at what point do you realize that the coach maybe just not is just not doing enough to get the team motivated for big games? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, when you, when you, guys get, when you have guys that come out and don't make shots, I don't know how you can coach that. I don't I mean, know either. I mean, are you do, do you do you want him to go out right before? Oh, for don't forget, guys, don't miss fucking shots. Okay. I think it's the defense as well, though. Like at some point, you got to change up the philosophy. I know that Charlotte's roster doesn't have many great defensive players, but at some point, you got to change the philosophy. You got to dig in or something because you can't keep giving up one thirty in playing games. No, I think if if you want to if you want to take issue with the defense and maybe the offense not getting enough opportunities or not getting favorable opportunities because the defense sucks, uh, you're not getting anything in transition. I mean, that's certainly a conversation you could have. But as far as just shooting goes, I don't know how you blame the coach. The there. shooting is it is what it is. Like they had a bad game, but defensively, they've been awful for what two years? Yeah, yeah, that's it. Peter and Peter Wolf saying exactly what I was bringing up. Yeah, defense can absolutely be coached. No, no question about it. You can you can scheme. You can put athletes in better positions. Um, yeah, a lot you can do on defense. That I think if you're looking for an in-game wager next year, I do not mind a Borregos to be first coach fired midseason. Okay. Um, like, if they end up struggling out of the gate and the defense doesn't improve, Michael Jordan might get the quick trigger and might just move on. Possible. Wouldn't uh, surprise me. Moving the ball offensively can be coached uh, as pop of the Spurs. Yeah. Well, I thought Borregos was a disciple of Popovich, wasn't he? Mm, yes, he's on his tree, right? Yeah. That's what I thought he was. Yep. So, 
And maybe, I mean, do you tailor, it's kind of the age-old question, do you tailor your offense to your athletes? Do you tailor, tailor your athletes to the offense? I'm a bigger believer in trying to work with the talent you have instead of forcing them to fit your system. I think that, I think it's kind of a compromise on both sides, but I do think you need some fluidity there. And right. I do believe that constantly adjusting to your overall roster is definitely the way to go, at least in my opinion. There's no point in trying to jam a square peg into a round hole. What do you think of a Titan getting drafted in the first round? It's at 475. Uh, I'm really trying to think if you're looking at a situation where a tight end would be taken. I don't see it. I mean, the, the favorite is going to be McBride, right? The uh, Colorado State tight end? Yep, that's what they're talking about. Or not, not, it's, it's O'Brien, right? That's his name? What the... F- uh, yeah, I can't remember. But yeah it's, the, yeah, it's the kid for Colorado State. Yeah, I believe it's O'Brien, I think. Maybe butchering that, but either way, I know he was great, but I don't think he's going to be a first-round pick. You think it'll be a yeah, success? Trey O'Brien, right? Trey O'Brien. Are you looking Thank it up? Uh, Lamelo just needs to be more selfish and just take over this team. Uh, different, but I like it. He's a good kid, good talent. I can see that. Yeah, like Trey. Uh, Trey. Okay. Yep. Uh, Hornets had one of the worst defenses in the NBA in terms of points allowed. Yep. Uh, I agree. Well, that's what I'm saying. It's a situation where you can point the fingers at the players all you want. But you're going to end up blaming it on the coach anyway, or the coach is in charge of organizing that philosophy, and Bregos isn't cutting it. Yep. He's saying it's McBride. Yeah, okay. So I thought it was O'Brien McBride. Yeah. Either way, I watched him. Trey McBride. Stage, yes. Now they hear the right. name all together. Yes, that's it. He reminds me a lot of Kittle. Now I'm not sure if he has the same athleticism as Kittle, but he's definitely a freight train when he has the ball in his hands. I don't think he's going to be in the first round, but he will be the first tight end off the board. Anthony Beblo says I may need a motivational poster after tonight's far after tonight's play of the day. Uh, yeah, it's been ice station fucking zebra here, Scott. I think we're I think we're at five five running. That's and I know you hit your cold streak a couple three weeks back. It's no fun. It's uh, no fun. The other thing, the I weird was on a cold streak and then I won like ten of eleven. So you know it comes in waves. Yeah, it does. And the weird thing is my premiums have been really good like the last week. So I don't understand it. Um, apparently I have. Uh, Exactly X number of picks, but I don't have X plus one more. So the X hex carried over to oh, you. Oh God, the, the X hex. Um, I, I really, having said that, I really like my play of the day today. I, I like this. I like this Royals and the uh, Detroit over. This Royals pitching staff is so bad, and you know it's it's amazing, dude. They are they are last in the league in ERA, and they had a game where they allowed no runs and a game where they allowed one run, and they've still managed to be last in four. That was the first two games of the season. Right, right, right. In the last four games, they've been awful. So, yeah. I'm, uh, I've got, uh, Anthony, I've already got one. I've got the, I've got the cat hanging on to the limb. I got hang in there, baby. So, uh, I may, I may need to look into other motivational uh, posters if that one doesn't, if that one doesn't do it today. So, um, Scott, I know it's baseball. I know you got a hockey play, anything else. And, uh, uh, no, dude, yeah, James, that's not, I, I appreciate that sentiment because, you know, it's a free pick, but then again, if I'm presenting myself on YouTube and I'm asking people to watch me, um, uh, presenting myself as a, uh, someone having a modicum of knowledge about what I'm talking about, then I expect to win. I, I certainly expect to put up more winners than losers. So while I can understand that, 
I don't use that as a cop out. It's like, well, it's a free pick, so fuck you if you lose. It was not my fault. No, I don't do that. If you guys take the time to tune in, if you watch, uh, make some comments, put your own plays in, whatever, then my con- my part of that contract is to put as good a picks out there as I can. So winning five. Yeah, straight, to be honest, not, not I'm just a prideful person. Well, the, so yeah, I, then there's I, that, <laughs> right? Which is a whole separate thing. I do it for pride because, yeah. of course, you have a premium service. I don't, so I'm just giving out the free stuff because I like doing free plays. But it's all about pride for me. Yep. Yep. Very good. Um, give me your favorite baseball. I see Brad talking about his best bet is the under eight in the Braves uh, Padres game. I like that as well. Uh, Morton has been really just consistent for about a decade and change. Yep. Musgrove usually gets off the hot starts and kind of fades at the halfway point of the season. But I do like the under there. The Padres offensively have been okay. The Braves offensively, can we say, have been a bit underwhelming? Yeah, they have. They have so far. Uh, Braves um, averaging uh, just uh, four point nine runs per game, which probably uh, probably puts them right about in the middle middle of the pack as far as. But again, it's kind of misleading because it, with this few of games, if you get like they, I think they scored sixteen against Washington. So if you look at the rest of them, it's not that impressive. Um, I guess I'm just because I've been following you for years, and that's why I'm you're st- still here. Good content, no matter what people will complain. Oh, and you're absolutely right, James. Uh, it, it, people, and because I'm engaged with the comment section, it's uh, yeah, people know I'm going to see it in there. So, and, and you know, yeah, they'll I, I definitely get roasted, and as long as people keep it respectful, like uh, you know, you're you're okay. You know, if you're a dick about it, you're going into the airlock. This <laughs> is the way it is. Um, what's your favorite baseball player tonight, buddy? So we're saving one of our plays for baseball. What's your second favorite all, baseball? Which, What's your second favorite baseball play tonight, buddy? I was going to say, the play that we're going to have is going to be quite amusing. Let's put it that way. Uh, but looking at the rest of the card here, I do like Toronto in, oh. in the spot tonight. I, I know just... the Yankees, of course, as a fan, I thought were a pretty mediocre team going into the year. We both weren't big fans of them. Aguero Jr.'s. Uh, potentially hung over from his three home run performance yesterday, but you have Gaussman against Severino. Both pitchers were not great in their first outing, but Severino only went three innings. Of course, it was one of his first appearances since the injury last year. So he's going to have a relatively short leash. The Yankees bullpen should be a bit taxed because Cole did not give them as much, as much length as they wanted, but the Yankees minus 135. I think Gaussman's better than Severino. And Toronto's been hitting the ball better than the Yankees. Give me Toronto at plus money. Yep. You? I don't hate that. I don't hate that at all. Um, hit that. I hit that yesterday as a premium. I'll, I'll ride it again today. Um, I'm a fan of the uh, Chicago Cubs, Colorado Rockies under. It was okay. it was eleven and a half. It's down to eleven. I I, I don't love that as much, obviously, but. Uh, because because five because five five doesn't give you the win. You know that's the, that's the problem. You were tempted yeah. what? I was kind of tempted by the Cubs in the uh, first in the game against the Rockies. I know the Rockies are four and one, and that they're at home. Right. I'm not laying with the Rockies. The okay. Cubs are a decent team. Yep. They didn't they didn't perform well yesterday, mostly because Hendricks got absolutely shelled. But Freeland has an ERA of 12 plus. Steele gave up no runs in his one outing. Yeah, he was very he some value on the Cubs. He was very efficient. He faced 17 batters, retired 16 of them. So uh, yeah. Justin Steele was. Decent last year. We'll see if he's uh, taking a big step forward this year. I think I'm just anti-Freeland. Like, I used to be a big Freeland guy. Yeah. Especially when he started the wild card game against the Cubs a couple years ago. Then he hit a wall, got injured, and he's been pretty underwhelming ever since. Okay. 
Kingmy says he likes the Rockies there. You know, if you do you like go the, either way, but I think it's a coin flip. I'll take plus money on the coin yep. flip. I said if you do like the Rockies, you're getting you're getting a decent prize there. So, um, all right, buddy. Well, let's move on. Let's let's uh, do it to it. We've got one thing left to talk about. We are not we are not heading into this segment on a winning streak, but we are going to re- get ready to start a new one. So, um, <laughs> it's sort of a meme play, Scott. Well, yeah, it's a, it's a meme play. It's a fun one. Okay, all right. So I see we're not alone though. On the potential play. <laughs> so there we go. Of course. Yeah. All right, buddy. Let's get ready. Let's uh it's Thursday. It's almost the weekend. So you can you can wear those overalls one more day. You don't have to have your fancy weekend overalls out, but put them on, would you? Put your straw hat on. Join Scott and I as we put our straw hats on. Climb aboard that John Deere. Get that lucky keychain out with that rabbit's foot. Give it a rub. Put them in the ignition and get ready, folks, to bet. The farm. Yeah, I don't have a hat today, so just deal what? with it. What? Oh, no, not again. Yep. And we got to switch it up. We lost yesterday. We so, ironically, when you're in front of the shed, you don't have a hat. Well, it's not going to matter in like two weeks anyway. I'll have a hat the entire time. So Why, why is that? Oh, because you'll have your own place. Yeah. So, oh, it'll be weird. That's anyway. right. We're, we'll see you in the uh, the same background and everything. Yep. All right. Very good. Scott, we're going to dip our toe in the Nerfy Pond. It's the Nerfy Pond, everybody. No runs. First inning. Phillies, Marlins, minus 120. It's me, right? Yeah, it's you. Okay. That's why I was doing it. I just, I just had a horrible yeah, feeling. So, a couple reasons for this. Number one, it's trendy. All the cool kids are doing it. No. Miami, the first time, the next time they score in the first inning, it'll be the first time. They have not scored a run in the first inning so far this season. Meanwhile, Philadelphia, they're right in the middle of the pack. They score a half a run per first inning. That is 15th in the league. Kyle Gibson, Mizzou grad, Scott. Kyle Gibson, pitching for Philadelphia. You know how those Tigers are. They can throw that freaking baseball. He's made a great start in his new home there in Philly. Seven innings pitched, no runs in his first start of the season. Meanwhile, Sandy Alcantara goes for Miami. He has a career ERA of 3.08 in the first inning. Probably be the first of many times we fade this Miami offense in some form or another. Tonight, we're going to do it with the no-run first inning. The Nerfy, Scott, minus 120. Good price over there at DraftKings. Well, we also got to mention that it's going to be in Marlins Park or Lone Depot Park, whatever you want to call it. So the fact is, it's already a pitcher's friendly park. You have two good pitchers on the mound. Minus 120 in Marlins Park does sound extremely low. I figured that would be around like 130, 135. Yep. Yep. Again, it's Contra on the mound. You don't get many minus 120s for the first inning. Correct. Correct. We're going to take that. That's a very it's a very good price. I know this Phillies team has been hitting a lot, and that's why the price is down. But I think uh, Alcantara can at least get through the early part of that Phillies lineup with limited damage. So that's going to do it for our farm play, and that's going to do it for the show today, guys. Thanks for stopping by. We really appreciate it. Don't forget to stop by tomorrow. We're going to have Allie Burns on the show. And, of course, right after that, we'll be doing our NASCAR show as we all thudded back to earth last week, Scott, that thud you heard was everyone crashing back to the ground after a pretty good week the week before. But 
We're going to talk about that on the NASCAR show and preview the my favorite race of the season. Uh, it's the Bristol race on dirt that'll be on Sunday night. So you guys stay tuned for that. As always, we appreciate you being here. One more time, don't forget to like and subscribe. We appreciate it. Appreciate you. Appreciate all the comments. And uh, yeah, we'll just do it again tomorrow. You guys check us out. Usual time, same bad time, same bad channel. Friday afternoon, 3 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Central. Scott and I will once again do our very best to help you to head back to the window. Take care, everybody. We'll see you then.